0: You've just tuned in to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past, the podcast that focuses on inspiring you to move forward from what's been holding you back in life. Each week, we talk with clinicians, coaches, mental health advocates, and those who've overcome tremendous odds and now use their journey to encourage you throughout yours. I'm Matt Pappas, Certified Coach and NLP Master Practitioner, alongside Joanne Supressi, Author, Certified Coach, and Hypnotherapist. In addition to talking with amazing guests on the show, we share practical tips and insightful strategies that empower and encourage you to break free from anxiety, self-doubt, and the negative mindsets that keep you stuck. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged, as you take your life back and live free from your past. Greetings, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. Before we get started, we want to take a second and thank a couple of incredible organizations. INLP Center, offering a world-class online neuro-linguistic programming and life coach training to people in over 70 countries. If you've ever considered becoming a coach or simply want more information on their programs, just head over to inlpcenter.org and to daily recovery support interactive daily group calls in a safe atmosphere for survivors of complex trauma, equipping you with the skills and information you can use every single day in your healing journey. Learn more about this affordable resource and get signed up at cptsdfoundation.org. And a special thank you to you. We appreciate you listening to the podcast and making us part of your weekly playlist. You all are the reason we do this show and we couldn't be here without you. If you enjoy these episodes, please consider sharing it with one person who might find it helpful and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app. That would definitely be awesome. Also, if you'd like to support this podcast for as little as 99 cents per month, just head over to beyondyourpastradio.com and click on the support link at the top of the page. Your kind and thoughtful support of any amount helps us to continue bringing you these podcast episodes every week. So today's guest on the podcast is Kimberly Titano. Kimberly is an integrative wellness and life coach and Trauma Recovery Coach, as well as an author and a speaker. She specializes in helping survivors find and achieve healing from their past. Using a combination of her own life experiences, her education and studies with Deepak Chopra and David G, along with research into ACEs, she's developed a program that focuses on a holistic approach to healing. This approach was instrumental in her own healing from her past, filled with sexual, physical, and emotional abuse, as well as chronic illness in the form of MS. During our chat, Kimberly looks back at her own past and shares some of her survivor story, including suicide attempts starting at the age of 8 and her struggles with MS, which at one point found her in a wheelchair and completely blind. She shares how traditional medicine left her with little hope and the holistic approach to healing that changed her life in ways that she could never even imagine. We talk about the topic of forgiveness and what that truly means for survivors, and we cover releasing yourself from the weight of your trauma and her work and research in the field of ACEs, which is Adverse Childhood Experiences. All this and much more during our incredible chat with Kimberly Taitano, starting right now. So hey, Kimberly, welcome to Beyond Your Past. It's Matt and Joanne. How are you?
1: I'm awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: We are super excited to have you here on the podcast today, and we're going to talk some about your survivor story and your coaching and uh, some of the experiences you've had seeking out holistic doctors and uh, holistic healing and all this kind of cool stuff. But before we get into that, if you want to take a minute and say hello to everyone, that would be great.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Kimberly Teichno. I'm a trauma recovery coach. I'm an incest survivor, abuse survivor who's found freedom from her past and living the life of glory.
0: Well, that sounds like an awesome place to start. So yeah. well, actually, why don't we jump right into it? And you can share a little bit, uh, perhaps, on some of your survivor story, whatever you're comfortable with, and we'll okay. just go from there.
1: I am a survivor of sexual abuse, child rape. My father is a should be a registered sex offender. He's kidnapped other children and abused them. I'm a survivor from a, uh abuse from my stepfather mostly bullying and physical and mental abuse. I am a survivor of being molested by my stepsister as well as my, my original, my real father. Um, I would started probably about four years old. The damage was pretty intense. I'm a suicide survivor. My first suicide attempt was at eight years old. My last one was 38 at 38. Um, the journey, from eight years old to 38 was quite intense. I am um, also, I'm a survivor of mental illness and all the effects that come with being abused as a child. Um, it was hard. It was rough. I, Looking back now being healed, I can see how desperate I was. I used to cut on my leg. I still have the scars. Um, as far as suicide, I want to make it clear that a lot of people don't understand why people uh, attempt suicide or commit suicide. It's not that I wanted to die. I wanted the pain to stop and any incest survivor understands what I mean. The pain is, is indescribable. And, um, I had to really acknowledge that eventually I am um, it my, my, uh, I'm trying to, and how can I explain this? I was um, a good child, perfect child, tried to do what everybody wanted me to do. While inside, I was screaming, desperate, didn't know what was going on, um, frightened, terrified. I um, wanted, wanted the pain to stop. Therefore, the only, the only recourse I believed I had was to commit suicide, to end my life, to make the pain stop. And it's not a rational thought. It was, it was beyond irrational. I, um, I was living in in New York city in Manhattan, um, acting on Broadway. And anybody who's spent the summer in New York knows it's hell on earth. It's hot, it's humid. It's miserable. I, um, my body started betraying me. My body started, um, I was very weak. I was having migraines every day. I was nauseous, throwing up. I was ill. And I knew that I had to get back to California because something was wrong. I didn't know what that was. Finally made my way back to San Diego, which is where my my hometown. And about two weeks later, I woke up completely blind, lost sight in both my eyes, and paralyzed on the left side of my body. Couldn't move. Um, Was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. That turned my pain into anger. Rage because why me? Why, after everything I've been through, it is this happening to me? Um, by the grace of God, I decided after the doctors told me there was nothing they could do that I would have to live, learn to live in a wheelchair. I refused. I'm a little stubborn about that. I refused to believe that that was my only option. Set out in a wheelchair along with my mom, who's my greatest supporter, on a research journey. And researched other ways of treating what, what I had and, um, found food by the grace of God, found amazing group of doctors, all who are sick. One of them, um, Tamara has become, she saved my life, has become my, one of my best friends. Um, she was the one that started talking to me. She had me up and out of a wheelchair in less than two months, fully, fully sighted again. Um, and she's the one that introduced the theory or belief of how trauma, early trauma in your childhood affects your body and, and is, is, causes disease. She introduced me to that, that belief, that realm of thinking, um, recommended a fabulous book that has become one of my Bibles called Childhood Disrupted. And it goes into ACES study, the ACES study, um, and how early childhood trauma affects your biology. And I read that and couldn't believe the similarities of my past of being abused as a child to my health issues that I was was suffering from. Um, That led me to read as many books on the, uh, the topic as I could find. Um, eventually leading me to study at the Deepak Chopra Center here in Carlsbad, which introduced me to Dr. David Simon's work on the topic. His great book um, and program that I took, it's called um, Free to Love, Free to Heal, addresses the same topic of how your past can affect your biology and how your past creates the diseases that people live with and um, how it affects the immune system how it affects the brain and i was hooked and i wanted other survivors to know the the correlation between what we go through as children and survive and later on our health um and that led me to take a workshop at the Chopra center which changed my life i learned meditation i learned yoga positions i learned about ayurveda um how certain foods are healing foods, how certain scents, I learned all of the holistic um, tools needed to heal myself. And by the time I, I worked through all that, it took about uh, three, four years. That started leading me to believing I want other survivors to know that there's other avenues out there that can help and heal you, which led me to start investigating being a life coach that which then led me into being a trauma recovery coach specializing in childhood sexual abuse survivors um it's been a long journey but it was it's been amazing um my last suicide attempt was at 38 years old where i woke up at it was 1 11 in the morning don't know why i woke up bolt, bolt right up in bed sobbing in that place again where anybody who's attempted suicide knows what i'm talking about where I was sobbing uncontrollably, somehow got up from my bedroom into my kitchen, grabbed a butcher knife, found myself back in my bedroom on my knees crying and looking at myself, spinning my wrist. And out of nowhere, I heard the word surrender. And I I, I knew that I had to surrender in order to get myself out of the the mess that I was in out of the grief, out of the, the anger, out of the hurt. And I remember saying I surrender and dropping the knife. And the next morning, asked my mom to get me some help. Ended up in therapy, had a great therapist who taught me how to deal with my feelings, how to deal with, with what had been done to me, how to rebuild my, my self-esteem, my self-love. And encourage me to further my education. In fact, I'm in the process now of getting my master's degree along with my, my trauma co- coaching business. I'm going back, getting my master's in marriage and family therapy so that I can work with survivors of sexual abuse and child rape.
2: So that's my story in a nutshell. Wow. Well, thank you, Kimberly, for sharing uh, your story with us. It has so many layers to it. I can. Yes. Imagine like the feelings and the thoughts that come, come to you when you are like reliving it and talking about it, you know, but yeah, your story though, you know, as you already know can have an amazing impact and help so many others, which is why we are really honored to have you here. You know, it impresses me. You're welcome. You're welcome. You, you tried to be that perfect child. You know, even Mm -hmm. though you were being surrounded Mm -hmm. by very imperfect, abusive father, right? Um, And then you were led to a life that did not seem to reward you uh, for being that good child. So, you know, I understand your pain and that need to release back in the day. You know, Mm -hmm. you probably felt like you had no other choice. So I was curious, when did your sexual childhood abuse, like when did that end? 13. And, And can you explain how... That happened? Like, why did it end? How did it end?
1: Well, my father, who started molesting me, I believe it was four years old, is. um, It's interesting because at the Chopra Center, I one of the assignments that we had to do with our journaling when I was taking the workshop was write the biography of our abuser, which made me so sick because I know nothing about my father, my real father. But in that process, I learned. I wrote just free writing wrote his biography and realized how he became the man he used to, he was. It was it's a very surreal, interesting experience. But at four years old, yes. Um my parents were divorced when I was sick. It was a very volatile marriage. He was very abusive to my mother. Um he's a, a con man. He's got a, he's a felon. He's a four time felon. Um we left the house um and we had He had joint custody uh, every other weekend visits. Um, So I was with him every other weekend. Um, The memories of the abuse I don't have, thank God, because I I don't wanna remember detail about the abuse. There are certain sounds, certain smells that, that used to send me over the edge. Something as simple as hearing an owl hoot would make me wanna throw up certain music that my father would listen to, probably while he was abusing me, Bill made me throw up. Lou Rawls. I can't listen to Lou Rawls. I can now, but not, I couldn't for most of my life. Um, he kidnapped me, um, which is an interesting story. He kidnapped me when I was about eight years old, took me to his house and the police came and asked and were going to take me back to my mother. And I refused. I wanted to stay with my father. Which is right there, you want to be with the abuser, which is still a foreign concept to me. Um, my mother met my stepfather, who was a ex deputy sheriff um, and my father just dis- my real father disappeared. It stopped at probably about ten ten years old with him. My stepfather was in my life very abusive, very Jealous, very angry, didn't want kids, and was very jealous of the relationship my mother had with my brother and I. Um, he had a daughter who is probably should be in jail for being completely psycho. She was a bully, and she molested me. I didn't think it could happen between two children, two girls. She was three years older than me. Um, she molested me for... Uh, until I was 13 years old and then I was able, the relationship changed, but um, I didn't realize it could happen from a girl. Just like you don't believe that boys can be abused, that's, that's a myth. I didn't realize that a girl could molest you too. And she molested me from the age of 10 to 13. And then I I was able to not be around her as much. Um, It took me years to tell my mother that. Yeah, so it it ended, the total abuse ended when I was 13. Then I had the damage to attend to.
0: Yeah, and that's where the healing really just, you know, is so important, you know, to try and heal and to try and heal all of the trauma, all the damage, everything that happened to us. And um, It's a lifelong process. now, it. it, it I, you know what? I'm, I'm so glad you said that. And this is something that every time somebody says that I always reiterate it. Cause I say the same thing. Healing is a lifelong process. There is no point in time where you wake up and say I'm healed and everything's great. Oh, and I'm like, okay. no, that's not how it works. And so that would be nice. Could, wouldn't you know what, if we can figure out how to do that, that would be like the greatest yes. thing ever. So, <laughs> but yes. Um, one of the things that, you know, when you were talking about exploring the healing process and looking for a therapist yes. and studying at various centers, I'm curious as to how much you were able to embrace the holistic side of healing. Um, I know that that's something that is, um, that, that resonates with a lot of people. And of course for some, it oh, doesn't, yeah. but maybe if you can share a little bit about why you sought out the, the, uh, holistic approach, how much it helped you, how much okay. it helps you now, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. Cause I think that's yes. pretty, um, yeah.
1: I was raised holistically when I was a child. My grandparents, my great-grandmother was in my life as, as a child, and they were always I, – I, I wasn't raised with sugar and Twinkies and stuff like that and soda. I was raised holistically, been to a chiropractor since I was an infant, Um, always took vitamins, always took supplements, always ate right. And so my family – I grew up in a family that sought out other alternatives for healing rather than just going to a regular Western, de- Western doctor. I believe in a combination of both medicines, East and West. Um, when I was diagnosed with MS, I was so desperate because I just couldn't believe. I was 27 years old. I was an up and coming actress. I needed my body. My body was my tool. And I couldn't imagine myself for the rest of my life being in a wheelchair. And the doctors literally said to me, there's nothing we can do for you. And I refused to, to believe that. So along with my mother, my greatest champion, I set out investigating, reading books on holistic medicine and found Tamra. My mom found Tamra, which is my doctor, my holistic doctor. She was doctor of Chinese medicine, alternative healing. She's an osteopath, um, a neurologist, acupuncturist. And I met with her and she opened up a whole world of aromatherapy, of yoga, of Reiki, of meditation of massage, um and how all of the things in your body work together as a whole unit, i investigate i mean I take supplements to this day. I go and have acupuncture every couple of weeks massage I meditate twenty minutes at night and twenty minutes during the day at, in the morning um, i I believe that the earth has and certain foods um heal um the uh, belief of i don't know if you're familiar with ayurveda that's a, a medicine that i a holistic medicine that i learned at the chopra center which is phenomenal um but honestly um, in my in my practice i um i list i talk to my clients about my the approach i use the approach that i learned that helped me heal at the chopra center i follow the process that I learned from Dr. Simon in the book and workshop free to love, free to heal. I believe in journal writing. It helps my clients a lot. Free writing. Um, I use um, essential oil blends for trauma survivors. Um, I personalize all that. Um, I do food nutritional plans for my clients so that they feed their bodies while they're working on the damage of their souls. Um, Acupuncture, I believe, I'm believe i a huge believer in acupuncture. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I can feel um, when my body's depleted, being a student and working as a coach, it gets to be a little exhausting. Um, I can feel when my body's depleted and I go and have acupuncture and it's like I got a shot of adrenaline. It's amazing. Um, I've been very blessed to not fall into the addiction, merry-go-round. I don't know why I don't drink. Um, I, I don't do drugs. My brother, although, has a drinking issue. He's actually my brother just started therapy. Thank God. He's 50 years old. So um, I believe in a lot of. I will always. I always test out new holistic modalities, the, and actually, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I do Reiki, which is energy healing, which is um, pretty amazing results. Um, I try everything out. I'll try anything once. Um, investigate it to, A, for my own personal use and B, for my client's personal use. So, um, the holistic route saved my life. Uh, combined with therapy, having a really good therapist and psychiatrist, having a really good support system, and learning to love yourself.
2: You have done so many different things. Um I, I'm a as a reiki. I'm a reiki master too, so I hmm. I know the power of reiki. Reiki is yes. extremely powerful.
0: It can yes, it help
2: is. you heal. Yeah, it can help you heal at levels deep, that deep you can't get system. to. Exactly through regular yes. coaching and mm-hmm. yeah. Now you you are a very strong and determined person. I'm like, very stubborn. You, Thank you for putting it is that, that way. Is that what it I'm is. Very, is? I'm very yes, it is. I'm stubborn. Yeah, I can like that's a great way to explain it then. I can see that, you know, and that's so inspiring and empowering to our listeners, you know, and and even to Matt and I. It's so nice to see all the steps, all the the different alternative methods that you've tried to explore. Well, I'll in. tell you
1: one of one of the best ones was I learned to forgive. Forgiving is forgiveness is very misunderstood, very misunderstood. I spent most of my life Swearing in my prayers at night. Saying, I will never forgive my father. I will never forgive my stepfather. I will never forgive my stepsister. And the thing is that I did it because I'll show them. You're not going to get my forgiveness. When in truth, again, I learned this at the Chopra Center. When in truth, forgiveness has nothing to do with the people that have wronged you. It has to do with, your, with me. Forgiveness is for the person. Forgiveness is for the survivor. It is not... You don't, it doesn't mean letting your abusers off the hook or taking away responsibility for what they did because what they did to you was terrible. It doesn't do that. Forgiveness gives you peace, it gives you the freedom to let it go and to live the life that you're meant to live. Um, that was one of the biggest, I fought it. I fought forgiveness. I fought it and fought it. And the funny thing was, I ended up forgiving my father without even realizing I was doing it. I forgave my stepsister without realizing I was doing that. And it's such a freeing, empowering, unbelievable gift you can give to yourself. And it takes work. It, it takes work. Um, I wrote letters that never were mailed because I, I don't know who my father is. I wrote a letter to my father. And I think it was 15 pages of just letting that child that was wounded out. I just said everything I, I wanted to say to him. And it was 15 pages. And then when I was done letting that all out on paper, I burned it with a white candle to purify. And I, it helped. It helped. It helped. It took about 24 hours. I think I was up till 2 o'clock in the morning writing that letter. And it helped. And I burned it. And it's not about giving the letter or telling these, our abusers what they did to us because it doesn't matter. They don't care. They have no capacity to understand what their actions do. It's for us. It's for us survivors. And forgiveness is, the, like I said, the best gift you can give yourself. It takes time. It takes work. That's why I, I always recommend my clients to either be in therapy or have a good therapist while they're working with me. Because I think combining both is a, is a gift. My, my, my um, therapist, who's an amazing man was like half therapist, half life coach, because he gave me tasks. And I believe that therapy, talk therapy, along with doing something is the best remedy you can do, because you have to have action in order to move forward. I'm, I'm a believer in talk therapy, but you've got to have a sense of action. I mean, he gave me journal writing exercises. He gave me um, other exercises to do along with Meeting with him for forty five minutes every week, um, but forgiveness is is a huge barrier, a huge misunderstood concept it 's not about the other person it 's about us it 's about giving the survivor the peace that they deserve.
2: I think most of our listeners can probably relate to what you just said, especially you know what you said about you you don 't want to forgive, you fight forgiving, you think you shouldn 't yep. forgive, so everything yep. you just said there is so powerful and so helpful for our listeners. How would you suggest to somebody who is struggling with that in their beginning steps of trying to forgive?
1: I would suggest to um, understand what the concept of forgiveness truly is. Um, I do recommend reading Dr. Um, David Simon's book, Free to Love, Free to Heal. It's an amazing book. It gives you case histories. It follows some of his patients that he worked with, and he was a medical doctor who saw something in his mm-hmm. clients that were coming to him that just couldn't be explained. cancer people, people with cancer, people with MS, people with, with all these different diseases, and he wasn't curing them, and he dove deep into understanding what was happening, and a lot of it had to do with the abuse that they suffered and the lack of forgiveness. And for, mm-hmm. um, I would read books, I would work with a coach who has the concepts, who's holistic. I mean, I consider myself holistic as a coach because I I don't prescribe medications or anything like that. But um, write a letter, write a letter. Sit down, uh, distracted in a quiet room and write a letter to your abusers. Just get everything out. doesn't matter. Your spelling doesn't matter. Your grammar doesn't matter. Just free write. Write for as long as you want to write. And get it out on paper instead of holding it inside. That's what kills us. Get it out. Write it out. Just get it out. And then once it's out fully, you can do like I did and burn it with a prayer or, um, tuck it away. And so if you want to add more to it, um, but actually take control of your own healing don't wait for somebody what are you waiting for don't wait for somebody to do it for you because it's not going to work you've got to take control of your own healing you've got to to love yourself enough fight and that's one of the keys to my story is that i i learned to love myself and and being stubborn or determined or strong i am those things but you've got to fight for your survival don't let them win I used to tell myself that as a child, I will not let my father, I will not let them win. I will not let them beat me. Even if I was trying to kill myself, I would still say that.
0: Forgiveness is probably, well, It's. I mean, in my opinion, it's one of the most difficult parts of healing, obviously, but it's also one of the most important parts. And I remember, excuse me, I remember talking with a therapist and coaches and other people and, you know, them saying the same thing of, you know, we want to get mm-hmm. to a point of forgiveness. And I'm like, Oh, hell no. I'm hell like, no. I'm not forgiving exactly. anybody. And I'm, exactly. I'm like, they don't deserve forgiveness. And it took yep. until I realized what forgiveness looked like for me yes. and exactly. how I can incorporate radical acceptance, mm-hmm. which of course goes along mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. I'm letting myself off the hook. I'm not letting the other exactly. person off the hook.
1: That's exactly and that right. is the
0: most freeing thing, right? Like it really is.
1: Yes. Yes. After forgiveness comes acceptance. And, you know, for me, the fighting, I know. I said the same thing. Hell no. There's no way I'm going to let these sons of bitches off. No way. That has nothing to do with it. Once you <laughs> get to the point of forgiveness, that goes away and then you accept. And accepting doesn't mean that you're okay with it. You're accepting and forgiveness has nothing to do with you saying it was okay with what was done to me. No, it wasn't okay. It's releasing yourself from having the responsibility of carrying the grief and the pain and the anger and the rage and the desire to kill yourself or the desire to pick up that bottle or to pop that pill.
0: I'm curious, just on, on, on a bit of a follow-up, so of, of all of, of the different modalities that you've tried and the things that work for you and how it's all influenced your healing and your work with your clients, can you maybe share what was the real turning point, or well, maybe not just one, but a turning point, a specific event, or perhaps a point where you started to say... I think this might actually be working. Like I can kind of start to see a light at the end of the tunnel now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's always important that each of us have these, these different areas of our life where things start to kind of click and make sense. You're like, Oh, this is how it works. And, and then of course, yes, motivation to keep going. Yes.
1: Yes, I did. It was a moment that I was washing my face. It was a morning. I was up washing my face, drying my face, looking at myself in the mirror and out of nowhere, I said, I love myself and went holy shit i've never said that before <laughs> and it I, you know you know what i mean it was like holy oh i know exactly shit. what
0: you mean yes
1: and i looked at myself in the mirror and it was like i, I could see the transformation happening and i went holy shit it, i mean i just blurted it out and it was like oh my god i'm on the right track i'm on the right track it was amazing and i can say that now i feel, i tell myself every day when i'm going to bed And at the end of my meditation, I love myself today. And my mom and I say that to each other every day. I love you today. And, um, but that was the moment when that happened out of nowhere. And it was amazing. I I looked at myself in the mirror and could actually see myself changing. And it was amazing. And other people, my clients have had those moments. And that makes me very, very beyond happy. Because if my story and my, my journey can help one person in this world, it's worth everything I went through. I wouldn't change a thing.
2: So, self-love is it's it's an amazing feeling, especially after feeling all those feelings you have for probably decades, you know, oh, yes. realizing Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I'm curious, you've already helped some people with your story. Do you mm-hmm. what was it like the first time you realized that you could actually help others with sharing your story and sharing your experiences and how you healed? It was Shocking.
1: Shocking. <laughs> and it happened on the last day of um, my workshop at the Chopra Center when our leader, Mr. Chopra, said to me, you can do miracles in this world. You need to help people. And I I was like, what? He says, you will do good in this world. You need to share your story. And my therapist said the same thing. He said, Kim, you need to share your story. And it's like, really? I didn't, my, I don't consider my story any more tragic or important as somebody else's, but um, yeah, it was, it was shocking. It took me back. It took me, made me feel ashamed, believe it or not, because mm-hmm. I was really worried about coming out of the closet. Matt, I'm sure you can understand this, of being a, what was done to me, sharing that with people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how they would, how they would look at me, how they would think about me what would they would they judge me would they reject me but you know what what do i I finally realize i talked to my mom about it and she said you do you need to you need to go you need to share this and that's when i started my book the first draft of my book and then i when i started exploring being a life coach and then a trauma recovery coach getting my niche even more solidified and now i'm in school to get my master's to help to be a therapist um it is empowering. The first client I worked with, my very first client, God bless her. She lives back in the Midwest now. When she first came to me, she was almost 400 pounds, horrible abuse survivor. And she swore that working with me was not going to help her. And it matter. We worked on and off again for about a year. She lost the weight. She's now, as she says, she's a sparkling, happy size 10. She's always wanted to move back home, which is in Kansas city, I believe. And I get a Christmas card for her every year. And she divorced her abusive husband, worked through her abusive past, remarried her high school sweetheart when she moved back to Kansas, has two kids, still a size 10 and loving life. And that right there is more does more for me and more gratitude and more thankfulness than I could ever imagine. Knowing that I helped her and that I don't—it it was amazing to watch her change and bloom and come out of her shell and deal with all the garbage that she was dealing with. And um, it humbles me every time I work with a client. Every time I get like right now, it humbles me that I'm sharing my story. And
2: it just—it humbles me. That's all I can say. Well, I'm glad you worked through that initial block to not want to share the yeah. story because of shame, because of shame, yeah. like, shame. you know, mm-hmm. like that's a huge hurdle that all abusers, you know, I yes. mean, all, all those that were abused, um, mm-hmm. have to work through. I, Matt and I both had to work through it and you did too. And all of our listeners or at least the majority of our listeners are dealing with this. So what was, what took you like through that shame? What took you past it?
1: That's a really good, difficult question. <laughs> I lived my whole life in shame. And uh, it was my probably my last suicide attempt, What kind of started the ball rolling. Um, I was tired of being sick. I was tired of feeling this stuff. I was just so tired. I, know, I was just exhausted. I remember saying to myself at 27 when I was in a wheelchair and blind, I'm so tired. Why am I so tired at 27? Why am I so tired? It's that burden of shame. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the one of the catalysts that you've got to deal with. It's, it's, you're not going to be rejected. You need to have a good support system, whether or not it's a therapist, a psychiatrist, a good friend, family member. You've got to have that support system, someone who will listen to you and not judge you and not make you feel any more shame than you actually are. It's hard. It was, it's rough. And there's, And I'm not perfect. I haven't healed completely. There are times and moments where I, that shame will come sneaking around the corner and hit me head on. And I, I journal a lot, journal writing.
2: It, it,
1: I'm a huge advocate and believer in journaling. Um, get it out. Don't have it all bottled up inside.
2: We well, thank you so much for sharing your story oh, with us. It's, it's thank so you for, valuable. Yeah. Thank
0: you as we wrap this up, something you, and you actually took my question right from me when I was thinking, I'm like, when you, when you realize that when you are, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been healing or what you're doing or how much you've been able to forgive and practice radical acceptance and you've got your plan and your skills and all that, you're still going to have times when you struggle, you're still going to have things come up and triggers. And so that's when you can rely on the journaling and the other skills that you you have to really kind of, yeah, bring yourself back down to a safe place to a place where you feel in control so you can work through those feelings and not ignore them
1: yep you're absolutely right you gotta have your tools
0: yeah they are super important but um thanks so much Kimberly this has been great thank you so much for sharing your story and all of your insight we definitely appreciate you having on or having you on the show can you let us know where people can find you if they want to work with you or about your book and all that good stuff
1: You can go to my website, which is www.surrendertowellness.com. That's surrender, the number two, wellness.com, and contact me there. Um, I'm on Facebook, Surrender to Wellness. I have a Facebook page. And I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And I do work all over the phone, so there's no commute or anything like that. My book is on hold right now because I'm in the process of getting my master's, and that's college and working on my book and working with my clients is a little too much. I have to have boundaries, but it's going to be a memoir, memoir of my life. But it also it's morphing into a new thing where I'm going to include certain exercises at the end of each chapter, whether it's a meditation, whether it's a journaling exercise, whether it's a self-esteem exercise, whether it's um, a resource like Reiki in your area, or meditation groups in your area, or therapists in your area. So it's kind of in a process of morphing into a new a new thing rather than just a straight memoir.
0: Well, excellent. Uh, keep us posted on how your studies go, how the book's going. Um, I surely And we definitely will. appreciate you sharing your story. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Matt and Joanne. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, thank
2: you. You too. It's
1: a pleasure having you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should supersede the direction of a medical doctor or any mental health professional. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. We would sure appreciate it. Also, please consider sharing this episode with someone who may find it helpful. If you would like more information on working with Matt as your coach, just head over to beyondyourpast.com and schedule your free one-hour chat. If you'd like to learn more about working with Joanne as your coach, please check out joannesupressi.com and contact her for more information. We're always on the lookout for new guests. If you're interested in joining us on an upcoming episode, just head over to beyondyourpastradio.com and contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.